This is the Woodland Hills Family Church Podcast. Our desire is to inspire you and your family to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Now enjoy today's message with Ted Cunningham. Today, uh, after last week, we talked about sharing the good news, so personal evangelism. Now we're talking about going to the ends of the earth. And today we're talking about when we go. And when we say when we go, we're talking about as a church. What does it look like for the local church to go to all the nations of the earth? What does it look like for you and your mission in world missions? What is your role and my role to play individually as we seek to take the gospel to the ends of the earth? And so something we say around here often, you'll hear it if you've been here for a while, uh, several times a year, but it's it's a core value of our church. We believe that every member is a minister. We believe that every member is called to ministry. We believe that if you have been saved and you are a member of this church, here's the idea. The idea is when you are saved and you give your life to Christ, it's sometimes you might hear people say this. If they don't say it in words, it's in tone that uh, I'm saved, heaven is my home, but now I'm going to live life however I want. I'm going to do whatever I want. You need to know that line of thinking is contrary. You won't find it anywhere in the New Testament. That I've given my life to Jesus and now I'm going to do what I want. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, we read, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. We believe every member is a minister because we believe in the priesthood of the saints. There's not one or two or three pastors that lead in this church. It's all of us ministering. We believe God has called you. You're part of a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Everybody in here has a ministry to perform, and everybody in here is a 10 at something. Okay, why, why are we part of this and chosen and called out for those who are saved and given, life, given their lives to Christ Jesus? That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. You are called. One way we're doing that, we just talked about this, just making room for people. We, we understand that when we give our lives to Christ, we give up all of that. I demand this. This is my desire. This is, no, I now am about God and His purposes. It's not, I am saved, gonna continue to live out my purposes and my plan for life. No, now I am saved. I am gonna live out God's purposes for my life. And so today we're gonna go One step further with this, every member is a minister, we believe every member is a messenger, and we believe every member has a mission. Every member has a mission. Let's start with the great commandment. As we look at the five purposes of the church played out in the great commandment and the great commission, in Matthew 22, 37 through 40, we read, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. Okay, so this is worship. This is the first and greatest commandment, verse 39. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. This is now ministry, serving others and meeting the needs of other people, not just demanding our own needs be met. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So this is where we started last week and where we pick up today. The great commandment calls us to love and the great commission calls us to go. If you talk to a lot of believers today, though, we love to focus on the love part. As believers, we're just called to love. Love, 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 love. You get online and don't judge me, just love me. Love, 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 love. But if you are a believer in Christ Jesus, you're called not only to love, you are called to go. And we get this in the Great Commission. In the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Now, there's three questions that are typically asked about the Great Commission. When we talk about who is this given to? Is it given to the 11 that are addressed in verse 16? Is, it, is this command of Jesus, the Great Commission, given to the church? And is this given to you and to me individually? And the answer is yes, yes, and yes. It says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. It's given to the 11, it's given to us, and it's given to you. Jesus gave the great commission to the 11, to us, and to you. And you have a part to play, and you have a mission. Remember when Jesus prayed to his Father, we read in John chapter 17, verses 18 and 20, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Speaking of his disciples. Right? My prayer, though, is not only for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. As the 11 were sent, you and I are sent. How many in here, the 815 gathering, had a lot of hands raised on this, but how many of you remember the television show The Lone Ranger? Let me just see your hands. I'll look around the room. Great. How many of you have never heard of The Lone Ranger as a television show? Okay, it was a great little show your parents and grandparents watched way back in the day. Uh, I watched it not because I wanted to, but I lived in one of these pretty strong households where wherever dad wanted to watch, whatever he wanted to watch, that's what we watched. Uh, and so I watched that and Peter Jennings. That was pretty much my life. The Lone Ranger, John Wayne, and Peter Jennings. And, uh, and he had the same rule in the car. The driver, who thinks this still? The driver picks the station. Would you raise your hand? Yeah, you all old, old. Those are old rules. When my kids want to change the station, like, hey, whoa, we're not that kind of family. I think The Lone Ranger is a great television show, but bottom line is this. The Great Commission is not for Lone Rangers. It's not for the person who says, I'm going to do it on my own and by myself. And the reality, yes, it's possible. You maybe could, could hit all 197 nations of the earth. But, and, and there's one church I know of in our country that they set the goal for their church in 10 years. Uh, they sent 13,000 members to all 197 nations of the earth, but today we're looking at what does it mean for you and for me not to be lone rangers and to do our own thing and to go our own way, because I love when people tell me I don't need the local church. I always respond with, oh, you absolutely do. You can't fulfill the Great Commission on your own. You can't go and make disciples of all nations, but you can be a part of going and making disciples of all nations. You and I can when we fulfill our mission. So what's your mission? What's my mission if it's not to be a lone ranger? Your mission is to live out the great commandment, love, and the great commission, go, through worship, fellowship, ministry, discipleship, and evangelism. God's purposes for your life and for his church. Okay, worship is expressing love to God. Fellowship is expressing uh, our love to one another as a body of believers. Ministry is serving and others and meeting needs in love. Discipleship is becoming more like Jesus, doing what he says and taking on his life and his words and evangelism as we've been focusing on last week and this week. It's sharing the good news that you received that you would pass it on to others. That is your mission should you choose to accept it. I didn't want to say that. I, I thought all week, do not do that Mission Impossible line and it's too cliche and I'm sorry. It just, you, who was thinking it? Who was thinking your mission should you? Okay, so that's why I threw it out there. That is your mission. So how does your mission 
how does my mission go and make disciples of all nations fit into the local church, Big C Church, and world missions? This is the third point where we'll spend the most time today. We believe every member plays a part in missions. Every single person in here plays a part in international missions. And as we talk about international missions, where I always love to start, when you get serious about the Great Commission and understand what Jesus gave us, it reminds us that there's a big world outside of Branson. There's a big world that you and I get to be a part of and go and reach. And we read about cross-cultural missions uh, in Scripture often. I, I, I put this in a chart, and I don't want you, as you see this, to think you're a cog. I don't think that makes anybody feel good that, hey, I'm just one cog. But you get where we're going with this. Here is your mission that we just discussed. How do you take your mission and reach all nations? And this is why I am convinced God's plan is my mission through the local church as the scripture lays out. Because until the Lord returns or calls me home, I will always be connected and living out my mission as part of the local church. It doesn't mean that I'll always be a pastor. But I've asked the Lord, until you return or call me home, I will always fulfill my five purposes that you've given me in the local church. And I, I, I've asked the Lord to allow me to die in this church. I want to be a part of Woodland Hills Family Church until the Lord calls me home or comes back for the church. But I'm part of the local church. But even the, our local church alone, and I know churches have done it, we can't go and reach all the nations of the world. But we're part of Big C Church. And what that means is other churches are giving and supporting and moving forward and sending missionaries to all the nations of the earth. So Bob and Dee Dotson, a great example. We've supported them uh, in Tanzania. And many of you know Bob Dotson went to be with the Lord uh, last year. And uh, we've supported them for 21 years. Dee is still there. Uh, a group of 13 of us are going uh, this week uh, to Kenya D is actually going to be one of those 13 that meets us there. And uh, Bob and D are ones that they gave their life to the nation of Tanzania. And if you think about the calling that was on their life, and they were sent from a local church. Uh, the last letter that I ever received from Bob, we were, we were into the details of how we can help them as a church. At that time, he had 61 local churches that were supporting him, and it was the only way for him to do his ministry in Tanzania. And so when you think about this, and some of you, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, you grew up Southern Baptist. Well, you know the Southern Baptist is a cooperation in the International Mission Board. They send missionaries all over the world. And this is local churches cooperating together for the purpose of sending missionaries to the field. This is what I love about this. We'll start right here. I love when people think that the churches in Branson are in competition. We are not in competition. We, I can promise you that. We generously give members back and forth. Uh, we are a sending church, and I know some of you think that means missions, but it means a lot of other things too. You've heard it though. You've heard people say, you know, so-and-so from First Baptist is now going to Woodland Hills. So-and-so from Woodland Hills is now going to Bloom. So-and-so from Bloom is now going to New Beginnings. That never stresses me. You know what stresses me? is when I hear someone say, you know, so-and-so, they don't go to church anymore. That should concern you more because they've stepped out of God's purpose and plan for their life. They've stepped out of it. 
I am dear friends with pastors in town. If you've ever catch us, there's one pastor in town. It, it doesn't matter who, but it, we, you'll see us and you're like, man, those are two pastors. They're, in, they're like in a road rage situation right now. They're going at it in their car. No, we're just having a good time. Just having a good time. We, we get along very well, but we'll get on the road and honk at each other and kind of you know, nudge each other off the side. <laughs> we're having fun because we get along. Why? Our church is not in competition with the other churches in this town. When you understand the Great Commission, you understand we're not in competition. We are in partnership. We are praising God that we can come alongside other churches that are sending people to nations we've never given to, we've never visited, we've never been a part. But when I am plugged into my local church and my local church is partnering with other local churches, we are going and making disciples of all nations. We're part of it. So what does cross-cultural ministry look like? Let's look at the all nations piece. Mission, I'm gonna try to give you the simplest definition I can. Missions is fulfilling your mission, great commandment, great commission, the five purposes of the church in a different culture or nation. In a place in the country, even in the state, let's just be honest, you can be engaging in cross-cultural missions when you go to Rockaway Beach. You can be engaging in cross-cultural missions when you go to Eureka Springs. I mean, you can go to other places. So what does cross-cultural ministry and missions look like? That It's where you go to a place where they don't look like you, they don't talk like you, they don't dress like you, they don't wear their hair like you, they don't speak your language, whatever it may be. It's outside of your area and your comfort. There's a big world, everybody, outside of Branson. And one of the things, we're going to Kenya, and Kent is leading that trip. He'll also be leading the 1145 meeting that we're having uh, at the chapel after this gathering. For, and it's an open meeting for anyone interested in going to Guatemala in September. Come and learn more. Uh, I'll be over there at 1145 with Kent to get that started. But he sent us a two-page email a few weeks ago to the team going, and it's basically an email teaching us how to behave in Kenya. You know why? Because we don't often behave when we leave our culture. We sometimes get obnoxious. You can ask a lot of people in the world, and they sometimes think we get there, and we're like, we're the Savior. No, we're there to share with them who the Savior is. And we want to do well. And Paul gives an example of this, a clear understanding of how he did it in 1 Corinthians 9, 20 through 23. And here's what we read. Paul is putting the gospel ministry above his personal desires and rights. He's going to put his personal desires right, and he's going to change. And some of you are like, is he compromising? He's not compromising. He's learning the culture. He's going with the culture for the purpose of sharing the gospel. In other words, our methods can change, and they change everywhere around the world, but our message never changes. Methods change. And here's what we read in 1 Corinthians 9, 20 through 23. He says, to the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. I took on the law, and I took on... Jewish customs. To those under the law, the Jew, I became like one under the law. But watch what he says. Though I myself am not under the law, but I did that while I was with them. Why? It was for the purpose to win them, to share the good news. So as to win those under the law. He goes on to say, to those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. He's talking about the Gentile now. And he said, when I was with them, I didn't observe Jewish customs. Though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, meaning everything I do is submitting to the will of Christ, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, not to compromise, 
not to, to change for the purpose of meeting my desires and my needs or to, to pacify people. No, it's why. So that by all possible means, I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. Cross-cultural ministry. I got to tell you, Renee Schlepfer, who was here last month, Renee pastors in Santa Cruz, California. And when Renee comes here to Branson, Missouri, Woodland Hills Family Church and preaches, we love him, but I need you to know something. He, when he stands up here and preaches, he is engaging in cross-cultural ministry. And what I love about Renee is when he's here, he's usually here for a week, and as he's driving around Branson, he's a learner. He has a strong desire to learn the culture that he's in and the place he's in. He'll text me pictures from around Branson with a question, what's going on here? That you and I understand what's going on because it's where we live and it's what we do. It's what we've embraced. There's some of you who moved here during the pandemic. You're still going, what is going on? I just wanted some freedom and I got all this craziness coming with it. He's, but he'll text me these questions because he's wanting to learn and grow. I remember when I was in Texas, uh, I, born and raised in Chicago, and Texas was a little bit of cross-cultural ministry for me. I remember being taken by our senior pastor that I was working for to a chicken joint. It was this big, huge chicken joint. And I went and used the restroom, not knowing, as I was the only one in there, thank the Lord, but I was using the hen's room. Well, I got a couple. Look at the farmers are laughing because they know the difference between a hen and a rooster. But the city guy, and listen, I don't like when I go to, to Hertz Donuts, I ain't studying your pictures. They're, <laughs> they're questionable. But don't get creative with your signs because a hen's looks a lot like men's. Doesn't it? And I walked out, and the lady was walking in, and she's like, I think you're in the wrong place. I think you're in the wrong place. She goes, I'm a hen. I go, what? <laughs> you think I'm the only one that's ever walked in that restroom, at that chicken restaurant in Texas? I can promise you plenty of people, I, hundreds of people a week study those bathrooms before they commit. <laughs> and then, and by the way, in Texas, they speak English. I know they think they're their own nation, but we're not going to the nation of Texas. They speak English. You know where else they speak English? England. And I remember being there, and I went up to a lady in a store, and I said, uh, do you have a restroom? And she goes, what are you into? <laughs> I know times are changing, and I'm trying to keep up with the times. I just looked at her, and I said, I think how awkward this is. What am I into? And I respond with men. Hold on a second. Everybody back it down a notch. We were having a little bit of a translation issue, and we both speak English. But guess what? She thought I had an accent. I speak where English originated from here in the Ozarks. She thought I was asking, do you have a restaurant? And she was asking, what are you into? Then I would have said, hamburgers, cheeseburgers. But I had to explain to her, I'm looking for a men's room. Back and forth we went. Can I, I got to say this, because I travel a lot around this country, and ever since the pandemic, a lot of things have changed. And I, I remember coming back uh, some time ago, and somebody in the lobby asked me, where were you this weekend? I said, Michigan. And their response was, oh, I hate Michigan. 
you hate Michigan. I wouldn't be caught dead in that state. Okay. <laughs> Woodland Hills, we got some work to do when it comes to taking the gospel to all the peoples of the earth. I know what you, what you were saying, and you're in here, and I love you. You're, you may be in this service or gathering, but you may not be. But I just want to encourage you, don't allow some governor's restrictions to cause you to hate an entire people group in another state. Like, really, I, this, is a, this is a series for us to grow our hearts, to be more like God's heart for the whole world. You can't go and make disciples of all nations if in your heart you have attitude toward nations. Right? We have to have a heart for all the nations, all, what, 197 of them. We just came out of the 4th of July, and I know the debate in our country and the debate in our churches, and there are some of you in here that believe to be patriotic means you are being an idolater. Not true. You can love Jesus and you can love your nation, but here's the trick. Here's the secret for us followers of Jesus. Love your nation. Celebrate your nation, but have a heart for all the nations. Go and make disciples of all nations. I remember, uh, just to give you more of this, because it's, it's hard when you step into a different culture. We were in Tanzania, and I was being asked questions about polygamy. I was speaking on marriage and family to about 500 pastors from Uganda, Kenya, and Tanzania. And they said, what happens when a man who's been saved, and he has four wives and 12 children, what would you say to him, Ted? And I'd look down at all our missionaries who were sitting on the front row, and they'd all go, Band of brothers, way to go, guys, way to stick with me up there. You have to look out in a culture, because here's what we know. The Bible and the truth of Scripture transcends all cultures, all cultures and all generations. So what the Bible teaches about marriage and family, to look at a pastor and say, instruct that man, he still bears a financial responsibility for those women and those children, but no new wives, no more wives. He's not taking on anymore. I've been to Haiti, and, you know, uh, Travis was sharing with me, Travis Brauner, who leads out on our missions here at Woodland Hills. And, man, when food, undercooked food comes to you in another nation, and you sit there, and you're like, oh. And our missionary, I'm sitting next to our missionary, and he's just sawing away on it and just enjoying it. I go, hey, help me here. What, are we going to, am I eating this? I don't feel real comfortable eating this. And he goes, Ted, I don't just pray and thank God for my food. I pray for every morsel going in me. And he said, Ted, I've been all over the world, and I eat whatever is placed in front of me, trusting God with the rest. <sighs> Listen, our goal, Woodland Hills Family Church, when we go to the nations of the earth, is not to take America to the nations of the earth. Our goal is to take Jesus to the nations of the earth. And that we would look at, thank you for the four golf claps. No, stop it. No, no golf claps. And so this week, um, I was thinking about our friend Bob Dotson. And, and do, I miss him a year later. I can still say I, I mourn his death. I look forward to spending time with Dee. Uh, we're, we're bringing Dee up uh, from uh, Morogoro, Tanzania, up to Mombasa, Kenya this week. And I was looking through some of the letters that uh, Bob wrote us. Mm. And it's, it's interesting when you go back and look on the missionaries who truly went to another nation to die. Like they bought one-way tickets when they were young and gave their lives and served over 25 years and, and Bob, I, you know, I've always called him the Indiana Jones of missions because uh, it was so great to watch him uh, minister in Tanzania and knew the language. And, I mean, we got pulled over six times by the police in Tanzania because Bob has a lead foot. 
and uh, he got out of every ticket without a bribe. And uh, he would talk to them and joke with them, and they'd pat him on the shoulder, and we just would take off and keep going. This letter that he wrote me, he said, hey, Ted, two of my brothers came to visit D and I at the end of June. He said, these boys were in the uttermost parts of the world. I was hit again by how much we have to die to self to cross that boundary. It's not what's on a map. You have to become like a child. Don't miss what he's saying here. You have to become like a child and learn again how to talk, act, and react in this world. He said, if we are not stretching and struggling, we are not growing. I am the worst at loving my comfort zone. He goes, but God knows how to poke the bear, as in me. And then he said, I heard this quote from Hudson years ago, and he shared this with me, and I think it fits perfect to what we're talking about. Mission starts off with this is impossible. Years later, hopefully moves to the next stage with this is a struggle. Says what's true for Bob Dotson, and it concludes with this is done. And well done. I know Bob can hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. One of the reasons I just want to share is I'm going to share in a moment, just encouraging. We hope that some people go on these short-term trips that we're going to begin doing. We're going to put a vision together for the next 10 years of our church just for international missions and what it means to take these short-term trips. Because I'm looking around at a lot of young people right now, and I hope you go on some of these trips and come back and say, I'm going to go get my life to that country. We, we as a church have a strong desire to buy one-way tickets for you to another nation. And, and we're, talking, we're talking old school missions because I know uh, a lot of my younger friends, as we talk about this, they, they, they'll hit a spot here or there for a little bit and move on to the next spot. But we're looking at someone who goes to a nation and says, I'm going back to the America, I'm selling everything, and I'm going to give my life to this nation. And when I die, send my body or send my ashes back to that nation to be buried. Our missionaries all over the world have given their lives to it. And here's the problem when you just think short term. We want, we, missionaries are always going to quit in the, the this is impossible stage. You, you got to work through that as you're learning the language, as you're learning the culture, to this is a struggle. And one of the things I can say, Woodland Hills Family Church, that I'm grateful for you is you are a great encouragement to our missionaries that are in the this is impossible and this is struggle stage. We love encouraging the marriages and the families of our missionaries. Uh, on the front row of one of the Q&As that I did in Tanzania back in 2019, uh, I'm going to show you a picture of Bob. He's the one in the red shirt. Uh, he's an Arkansas Razorback. See, even a Razorback can be a missionary. I want everybody to know that. Uh, <laughs> this is Bob praying for me before this Q&A gets started. I don't know what he said, and I don't want to speak on Bob's behalf, but I know he's sitting there going, Dear Lord, give Ted the words, because he is clueless. <laughs> about what we're going to have happen here. And I just, I hope many of you will gather at 1145 to learn about Guatemala and learn about the future of short-term trips here. Because when we go as a church, okay, we see the need firsthand. We see what God is doing around the world and what we get to be a part of. Again, we're not, I don't, I don't wear the weight of all the nations on my shoulders alone. Our church doesn't carry the burden of all the nations on our own. We fulfill our mission within the local church, partnering with other churches and sending missionaries to the field. It's the only way the Great Commission can be fulfilled. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. 
Let's, let's look at the harvest. According to the International Mission Board, 59% of the world today is considered unreached, meaning Jesus is largely unknown among 4.6 billion people. And you've heard us say it around here time and time again, do for one what you cannot do for all. When we meet needs in this community, we're doing for one what we can't do for all. We look at the homeless problem in Branson. This church has a strong desire to do something about the homeless crisis in Branson. But, but if we look at the whole crisis, we look at all that's happening in Branson, we go, Lord, this isn't that big of a town. This is a town that seems that we could do something about that. We can make a difference. I'm going to tell you, it'll never happen unless Woodland Hills partners with First Baptist, Bloom, First Presbyterian, and the other churches in this town. And the same thing as we're talking about with international missions. When we go as a church family to one nation, as we did in Ecuador, listen, we sent a team to build in Ecuador. We all went on that trip. Kenya this week going to to meet the physical needs and serve people in feeding centers and to pass out food. We've sent money ahead and construction's already started on, on a project. Listen, we're all going on that trip. When we go as part of a church family to one nation, we're part of reaching all the nations. And that is why, if you look at those cogs that we looked at a second ago, we celebrate what God is doing in the church down the street and we are not in competition. We celebrate what God is doing down the street and the nations they are reaching. And here's the power of a, a short-term trip for me. When we go, I know this will be true of me when I get back in the States on the 18th. When we go, we come back ready to pray, serve, give, and go back. And that, this is, again, this is our prayer for one-way tickets. We pray that some people will take these trips and go, I'm giving my life there. And we are asking the Lord to call full-time missionaries out of our church to leave here and let us be your sending church working with other churches to get you on the field. When Paul was planning his visit uh, to Spain, he told the Romans, I'm going to visit you on the way. And we read in Romans 15, 30 through 31, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, this is all part of our mission with the great commandment and the great commission, all right, to join me in the struggle by praying to God for me. We start with prayer, and then he gives them specifically what they can pray about. Pray that I may be kept safe. We prayed that for our youth going to Florida this week. From the unbelievers in Judea, in his case, that the contribution, now we talk about giving. We pray, we give, that I take to Jerusalem to the impoverished believers that are there, may be favorably received by the Lord's people there. In Romans chapter 10, 13 through 15, we read, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not yet heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And here is our role, church. And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? And let's be a sending church when it comes to missions. That's part of your mission in fulfilling the great commission, the great commandment through the five purposes of the church. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. At the end of this letter to Bob, that Bob wrote me back just a couple of months before he died, uh, Bob always ended his letter with, cheers, Bob. But he added a P.S. And I looked back over the letters and I didn't see any P.S. This was the only P.S. He had a final thought. And I thought this was the perfect way to I don't add a lot of PSs to the sermons, but this is the PS on today's message. 
Here's what he said. Dee and I came to Tanzania because we were invited by a friend. Exposure to missions prompts thoughts of, perhaps I could do that. And that's our prayer for many. And, and, and praying that God calls out missionaries from this church. But you say, I'm not going. I'm never going to leave this country. Ted, I barely leave Missouri. I always love, I love going on trips, and I hope to go on a trip with you sometime. I love going on a trip with someone. It's their first time out of the country. It's their first time on an airplane. Those are my favorite. I always tell the group coordinator, put me by that person. Because then when we hit a little turbulence, I'm like, I've never felt that before. That doesn't... <laughs> That doesn't usually happen. Whoa, we better go talk to the pilot. You better hold on, strap in, work. And then, and it really gets fun when I start singing Live Like You Were Dying by Tim McGraw. <laughs> 11.45 today is an open meeting for Guatemala. And if, and if God is stirring something in your heart right now, and you say, I'm not going, I don't plan on going, but I want to know how I better can support. And, and yeah, we're going to have a sign up there. We're going in September, and they're going to be asking, I believe Kent's asking for a $200 deposit by uh, next Sunday if you're committing to this trip. Uh, but how can I pray? How can I give? I want to be specific in that. So, so you gather with us at 1145 as well, and we're grateful for what God continues to do here. Would you pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for uh, the Great Commission going and making disciples of all nations. That is our prayer. And thank you for letting us individually be a part of that. Thank you for our church as a part of that. Thank you for the other churches that we partner with in that, that we would go and take the gospel to all the nations, for all the unreached people of the world, uh, that we would take seriously our role in taking the good news to them. I pray a blessing over uh, this church family as they continue to give, as they continue to be generous with giving so that we can send more, give more. When, oh, no greater feeling, Lord, than when a missionary calls with a need of $25,000, of $50,000, and we're able to say, yes, we can meet that need uh, to continue uh, to bless those that are on the field. I, I pray for the one who's never trusted in Jesus, that today is the day of their salvation, that they will gather at the front with someone from our prayer team, uh, confess with their mouth Jesus is Lord, repent of their sins, believe in their heart that he's been raised from the dead, that they will be saved. Thank you for Woodland Hills getting more serious and, and more strategic uh, in being a sending church. And we pray this in the authority of the name of Jesus and everyone agreed and said, amen.